Amen. Well, we have been in a series called The Fight of Faith. Uh, you know, we, we um, took an interlude last week and, and preached on uh, Love Prevails is the title of it. But we're going to get back to our series tonight. And those re the rest of these messages are online. If you didn't listen to them, uh, you can go back and listen to them. They're on video, audio, um, and some of the full services are there as well. And you can go back and listen to it. We're not going to recap everything that we've covered. We'll, we'll go back and recap a little bit so that we're all hooked up going forward uh, into what we have for tonight. But let's, um, let's look at 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11. It says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Paul is telling Timothy here, verse 12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. So there is a fight in this life and it is the fight of faith. It is, we're not supposed to be in just any fight. We're not to fight people. We're not just to fight, we're not to fight the devil, per se. The devil has been defeated. We're going to read a, a, a couple of scriptures to that effect. He's been defeated. Our fight is to stay in faith and believe God, everything he said in his word. Stay steady. Stay strong in what he has said. That is the fight of faith, to run your race, to do what he's told you to do, either by his word or by his spirit. Whatever He has told you to do, that's what we're to hold fast to. That's what we're to uh, stay strong in. And it is a fight. It says it here. We went through this. Go back and listen to those messages. We, we covered that in some detail. It is a fight, not in the flesh, not, oh, everything's so hard. No, that's not the fight we're in. Oh, I'm just trying. I just, oh, no, don't talk like that. The fight is to stay in rest and to say, God's coming through. God's, he's bringing me over. He's helping me. It's going to turn out fine. Everything's going to be just fine because my God lives in me and he's for me. And he has seen ahead and made provision and he has good things for me. And I will walk in everything that he has provided for me. We stay there. Satan will try to pull you out of that position. You don't, you're not trying to, oh, I'm just, it's just so hard. No, you just stay where it's. I have the victory. I have strength. I have everything that God has said I have because His Word's true. He's with me. He's for me. And if I hook up with Him, I'm going over. That's the fight of faith. But it isn't, I wish it were, automatic. It's not just you lay down. And just everything falls on you and you don't have to do anything and you'll never be tempted and you'll never be pushed. No, in this world, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where Satan has influence. He doesn't have control over the Christian, but he has influence in the world. You can see that very clearly with things going on. This isn't God's work, the things that are going on in the world. He doesn't cause sickness and disease. He doesn't cause destruction. But there is a devil. And he, he attempts to influence people. And he 
it, it attempts, you know, the, the thing, all the destruction and evil in the world is because there is a devil in the world and there are people that have a free will. And so stuff is going to come in, we're going to have stuff in our path that we're going to have to walk, we're going to have to walk over, through, whatever. There might be something in our path, but we can't say, oh, I just can't make it. We have to say, that God's word hasn't changed, I'm going forward. But yeah, you'll be tempted. There is a fight. But we need to know that it's a fight to stay in the rest that what God said will happen. And just to quote and say what he said, quote his word, speak what he said, stay there. Stay in rest. Fight to stay in rest. That seems contradictory. But it's not. Because you be at rest. And Satan will try to get you to be in a tizzy and get out of it and get all worried and wonder what's going to happen and start, you know, speaking those things out and fretting and pacing and what are we going to do? Brother Hagin talks about, about it, about casting your cares on the Lord. And he said he was, there was this one situation where if he didn't have the payment for his car, he was going to lose his car the next day. And he said, he, he would go, he was trying to go to sleep, and he would cast it over on God, and he'd think he would got all rid of it, and then he'd turn around and go to sleep, and he realized it was all right there. That, that care was still there, and he hadn't gotten rid of it. And like he said, he goes, it was like flypaper. You guys ever remember the flypaper that, you know, be really sticky, you put it out, and flies would end up sticking to it? He said, he goes, it was like flypaper. He, he prays his hand, he prays, raises his hands, and he's trying to go to sleep. He's trying to get rid of the care and get it on to God because he said, you know, the word says, cast your care on the Lord. God can do something with it. You can't. As long as you have it, God can't do anything with it. But if he has it, you don't have it. And he can do something. If you can't do something with it, there's no reason for you to care. There's no reason for you to hold it. But he said he would try to get, he would get that over. He'd feel like he got it all over uh, to God and he'd bring his hands down. He said his hands were full of it. Full of the care. He looked at it like flypaper. He said, he turned around and he goes, they were full of it. So he'd take another run at it. He said after about five tries, he got it all over on God. And he, he said he slept like a baby. And the next day, the money was in hand, what he needed. But that's, that's not like just gliding down the stream with nothing going on. No, it, it, he's, he's pushing. Brother Hagin was giving that example. You're, you're pushing to get into the rest and get the care off of you into God and believe God everything's going to be fine. That's, that's the fight. You're not fighting to get it done because you can't do anything about it. You know that. You're not fighting the devil per se. You're not trying to fight him to get the, the access to what needs to be done. You're fighting to believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do and just to stay in rest so that you can just go on with your life and have a good night's sleep and enjoy life. That's the fight we're talking about. It's the fight of faith. 2 Timothy 4.6 says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. This is Paul at the end, near the end of his life. He said, I, I, have, I have fought the good fight of faith. He's, saying, he's looking back saying, I fought. So he was telling Timothy, fight the good faith. Paul is saying here, I have fought the good fight of faith. I've, I've, I've pushed through. He said, I've run my race. He said, I've kept the faith. 
In other words, I did what I was supposed to do. I believed God. I pushed through. I didn't get pushed off. This is no time to get pushed off. Amen? There's a lot of stuff going on in the world. Right now is the time to stand strong. Right now is the time to stand up and believe God and believe that His Word's true and, that believe, and believe that He'll do what He said He's going to do to be a light in this world. Yes, it's getting darker. The Bible says it's going to get darker, but it's also going to get lighter as the, 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 the light of the church shines. Don't be surprised when there's things that are dark going on. That's what the Bible says gonna is going to happen. That's okay. I mean, we don't like it, but that's, that's not like anything unnatural is going on. Expect it because Satan knows his time is short. We don't know how long it is, but we know that it's shorter than it ever has been. That we know. We know that we're closer than we ever have been. We know that. Now's the time that we need to be in fighting mode and believe God and stay at rest in what he, you got to fight to stay right there and say, no, I'm going over. I trust God. God is with me. He's for me. Circumstance may try to tell you, oh no, where is he? And that's when you have to just push back and say, oh no, I'm going over. You guys, we're not going to be, you know, I know I say this from time to time, but we need to understand that it's not going to be that long and we're going to be standing in heaven. And it's all going to be over and this is our chance. You have one chance through this thing. And I mean, I don't believe that it's going to be 200 years, but if it were, everybody's going to be gone. You're going to be looking back. You're in heaven. You can't go back and go, oh, I would have, could have, should have. You're done. It's somebody else's chance. People that have already gone on, they're there in heaven. They, you know, they don't want to come back. But they, it doesn't matter. They're, they're done. But right now, we're not done. We need to act like the Bible's true. Now. You got to act like the Bible's true when there's challenges, when there's temptations, when there's circumstances. Anybody can just act like the Bible's true when there's nothing going on? No, it's when there is pressure, when there's something pushing on you, when it looks like the Bible isn't true. That's when we stand up and say, oh, it is true. That's the fight we're talking about. You in the face of circumstance say, oh, no, we're going over. Looks like you're going down. You say, oh, no, we're going over Devil will say, how in the world? You say, we're going over. That's not unnatural. You're not, you're not different just because you have thoughts that say that, how are you going to make it? Again, Brother Hagin would tell the story how he was going. He needed money for something. And he was going through the night driving because he would try to get back home. To, to, he would drive, travel tons, and then he would get back home with his family. So sometimes he'd get down the window, he'd drive through the night so he could just spend a little bit of time with his family. And he said his four tires on his car were bald, and he was just going you know, down the Texas road at night, and he said he could hear the tires just whining it you know, because they were bald and they were squealing, and the devil was just telling him. He said it felt like the, the tires were starting to say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? He said one, he was just one was kind of whining. He said, it's just like, what are you going to do? He said, then the other one started as a duet. He said, they started going, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And he said, then the other two joined. And it was a quartet. He said, what are you going to do? They're all, he just, the devil's just saying, what are you going to do? How are you going to do? How are you going to get through? How are you going to get through? How are you going to get, see, Satan will try to get you to try to look. He'll try to get you to look at circumstance and say, look, feel, think. 
How is this going to happen? You're going down. That's what he does to everybody. That's one of his plays. Doesn't matter if it's big, little. It could be at a job. Say, so you're going to fail. You're not going to get the project done. You're going you're gonna to fail. That person doesn't like you. Your boss thinks you're an idiot. Whatever. He tells that to everybody. It's just whether you're going to listen to him or not. That's, not. that's not unnatural. That's just how Satan rolls. We need to understand what we're dealing with and push back. If you're waiting for him to quit, you're going to be waiting the rest of your life. I don't know, I'm going to roll with Brother Hagin's stories tonight, but he said another time, <laughs> a, lady, a lady came up to him and... Uh, I love this. He came up to them and said, I want you to pray for something. He goes, well, i got to know what it is before uh, I can pray for it. And she goes, I, I want to pray. I want you to pray that the devil will leave me alone. And he said, what, do you want me to pray that you'll die? Because that's the only way he's going to leave you alone. As long as you're here, if he can, he'll push you. Now, he doesn't have any power over the Christian. But he's a liar, and he's a thief, and he's a con. And if he pushes you, and you yield to it, and you're like, well, what about that? He's just going to kick the door down and come down, and come in and terrorize you the rest of the night, and then tomorrow, and the next week. But we got to push it back and say, wait a minute, no, you're defeated. You're done. You have nothing in me. You have no power over me. You're a liar. Shut up and get out. I'm going on with God. God is my God. And he is my master, and I'm going over. But you can't just sit there and be like, oh, God, you should leave me alone. No, you got to fight. You have to say, no, no. Shut up. Get out of here. You're defeated. I'm resting. But what are you going to do? I'm resting. But how's it going to happen? I'm resting. God is my source. God is my healer. God is the one I look to. He's my life. He grants me favor with all that look upon me. He'll give me plans. He'll give me ideas. He'll show me methods. He'll show me the path to take. He's good. God is not ever upset, and He's not ever without a direction. We may wonder, how the heck? What am I, where am I going? How, how is this going? But God, God is not sitting there wondering with you. So we might as well get into faith gear and stay there and just say, God, I believe you. I trust you. I'm coming to, uh, to your side. I'm staying right here with you. I believe you. And if you don't know what to do, then start talking about what you do know. Start thanking God for what you do know. Start believing him and say, Lord, I just thank you that I'm saved regardless of what happens here. Lord, I know that I'm going to be with you for eternity. Hallelujah. And you can just spend some time just thanking God about that. And Lord, I thank you that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not, you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I thank you that I have the Spirit of God indwelling me. And Lord, I have the power of God resting on me. Lord, you can, th you can thank him for all the things he has done. Well, I know you did this. And there was this situation, and I didn't know how this was going to happen, but you did this, and you did that, and oh, I'm so thankful. And just start going over the things he has done, and, you, and that you do know, and stay there. That'll help you to get rest. If he could do it then, he can do it now. Ever heard that song, He'll Do It Again? R.S.B. used to sing that. He'll do it again. 
God is a faithful God. We just need to stay at rest and stay, uh, stay in faith. Believe Him. Praise God. 1 Timothy 1, verse 18. It's supposed to be recapping. I'm trying to get through these scriptures. So you get people in the room. It even makes it, it's another level. <laughs> verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith, and a good conscience, that by them, the things that were prophesied to Timothy, the things that were spoken over him, he is supposed to wage warfare by him. In other words, God said it, I'm believing that. I'm staying with what God said. If God spoke to my heart, then it's true. Then it's right. Then I'm going to go on with him. If he's spoken in his word, I'm going to say what he said. I'm going to believe what he said. Praise God. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. See, you need to stand against the wiles of the devil. There will be wiles, but He doesn't have authority over us. Those are the schemings. Those are the tactics. Verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. So you need, we need to stand when stuff is coming. That's not the time to run, that's the time to stand. And having done all, what? Stand. That means you're just, so you got to fight to stand. Just stay. Just stay. I mean, you got to work something up. No, you just say, nope. Well, God said it's going to come to pass. I just thank God. Praise God. Thank Him. Say, lift your hands and lift your voice to Him. You know, go get in your car by yourself, even if you don't have to drive it anywhere. Just get somewhere where you can just say, Lord, thank God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that what you said is true. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You're good. 2 Corinthians 4, 3. We've gone over all these scriptures, just walking through some of them to get to where uh, I want to go tonight. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is it, the image of God, should shine on them. Satan, we spent some time on this, Satan is called the God of this world, it says, the God of this age. See, he, he attempts to blind men and women. He attempts to cause uh, destruction in the earth. But he has no power over the Christian. He has influence in the world. And you need to understand that he has influence over people that don't believe God. And he'll try to influence the Christian. We need to understand that Satan will try to influence us. And that's where we need to know the word and push back and believe God. Because he has no authority over us. Hebrews 2 verse 14 says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. It says, 
he himself, Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. In the NLT it says, for only as a human being could he die, Jesus, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. But because Jesus came, Satan's power is broken. Because Jesus came and died and rose from the dead, Satan's power is broken. He no longer has any power over the Christian. See, he tries to push like he does. He tries to bring thoughts. He tries to deceive. But he has no authority. He's a liar. He's a con. He, he tries to act like something he's not to get you to yield. He'll put, try to put, bring thoughts and bring suggestions and get you to look at circumstance. But we need to understand he has no authority. He has no authority over the Christian. We need to... We need to keep our focus on what God has said. We need to listen to what God has said. We need to be careful of what we're listening to and what we're putting in because it's His Word and His light and direction through that Word that's going to bring us through, not men's ideas. You can, you can receive from people that are teaching by the Spirit of God with the anointing upon them. That's what you need to listen to. The Word of God, read the Word of God, but we got to be careful when we're listening to something else other than the Word because Satan gets entrance through suggestions and ideas and philosophies. And this is one of the ways he gets people out of faith gets them into fighting some other fight, gets them distracted, gets them off the path, gets them to doubt, gets them to fear, gets them to be worried. How does that come? It doesn't come when you're spending, in, you're spending time uh, just immersed in the presence of God, in His Word, built up strong. That's not when Satan tries to knock you out. He can try, but you're so saturated with the Word. See, right now, we're under the anointing and the Spirit of God's ministering to people. Satan, if he were trying to do stuff, it, it just it, it gets muffled because the anointing and the power of God is going forth right now. But when we, when we are away from the Word, when we're not looking at what we're supposed to be looking at, when we start entertaining other things and listening to things, he can gain entrance to our mind and our thought life and start bringing thoughts and deceptions and get us to go off in a different direction, get us to doubt. It is so important for us, if we're going to walk in rest and we're going to walk in this fight, that we need to have the right things on the inside of us the Word of God strong, the Word of God fresh, not stale, not something you heard a long time ago, but something that is fresh. We need to keep our inward man built up and strong and encouraged with the Word of God. 
Because God's word is how faith comes. If we're going to be in the fight of faith, then we have to have some faith. If you're going to go into the fight of faith and you don't have any faith, you're done. See, some people are trying, they're, they're trying, this is, there's going to be a fight of faith in this realm. Anything you're supposed to, you're fighting is a fight of faith. We need to understand there's a lot of distractions, but at the end of the day, when we're walking through this lifetime here, it, the, the, the challenge is to stay in faith and believe God. Well, if you are not putting into you what is necessary for faith to be there, then how in the world are you going to walk through this earth successfully? You're going to get flattened. Because you, you know that the, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He, he's going to try to push you off of faith. If you don't have something that's giving you faith, how are you going to counteract it? You're going to be pushed off left and right. And that's the state of most of the world. They're jerked here, they're jerked here, they're jerked... They, they don't believe God. And you see people that have walked with God for years. And we've had several lately. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not, I'm not making light of it. But there have been people, very uh, known people, that have said, I don't believe in God anymore. That doesn't just happen overnight. So, these people, some of them, I'm thinking in one particular, I mean, anointed by God. Somehow, something happened. Somewhere wasn't being fed. I mean, I don't know people's condition. I do know this, though. There is no way you can stay saturated with the Word of God and then turn your back on God. We need to know what the Word says. And we need to stay it, keep it fresh in front of us so that we can just stand. When the push comes, we're standing. Not in our own strength, not in our own ability, not trying to fight with our own you know, natural tools. No, we are full of faith. And when something comes against us, it just gets knocked down because we're like, no, no, God... God will help me overcome. I mean, you are so full of it. You're strong. And so things, the attacks come, but they just get smashed. You want to have momentum. You want to have strength. You want to be so saturated with the, the word of God and his presence that you, you march through any challenge in life. Look at Romans uh, 10, verse 10. It says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is, look at that scripture right there, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Well, that goes for salvation, but that goes for anything. If you believe on God, you will not be put to shame. If it's God you're believing, I mean, it's one thing, you know, if it's some idea, you know, here or there. But if it's God, you will not be put to shame. If it's in the Word, if it's in what He told, it, told you, you, God will come through every time. Every time. Every time. Let's erase the thought that somehow God will fail His Word. He will not. 
You will not be put to shame. See, Satan will try to tell you, well, I don't know. We'll see, like he was telling Brother, hey, well, I, what you going to do now? What you going to do? What is he saying? God's not going to come through. What, what's he saying? God, God's going to fail you. That's what he's saying. He always has said that. From the Garden of Eden, he told Eve, well, has God really said? See, he's a liar. He's a ch- That's what he said. And if, God, if Satan's hounding you, see, Satan, God does not hound you. So if Satan's hounding you and telling you one thing, you know he's a liar. So then you can just flip it and say, well, I know that's not going to happen. You're wrong. You're a liar. Verse 12, there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. He's no respecter of persons. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, of course, that applies to salvation. If, if, it doesn't matter the background. Say a Jew or Greek, the same Lord is rich to all who call on him. It doesn't matter who calls on him. It doesn't matter their social status, background, bank account, anything. When somebody calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved because God's word's true. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him and on, in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? It comes by hearing what God said. Faith comes by having the word come into us. The word produces faith. Not you trying to drum up faith. Not you trying to believe. If we're having trouble believing something, then we should look upstream some. What are we putting in? Because the word will produce faith. If we're always working on the end, just like, well, I just got to stay steady. Well, okay, what are we putting in to produce faith so that we will stay steady? If we're listening to something else and constantly feeding on, on things that aren't the word, aren't godly, or aren't faith-producing. you got to watch, just because it has a Christian label on it, does it produce faith? If it doesn't produce faith and rest and hope, then it's not God's heart. It's not His Spirit. Does it produce fear? Does it produce uncertainty? Does it produce a sense that, I don't know, I mean, maybe God won't come through. That's not faith. That's not the Word of God, because the Word of God produces faith. Faith is going to bring you over. Faith is going to bring you through. Faith, when there's challenges, if you have the Word of God in sufficient measure in your heart, then you're going to have faith that even if there is challenges to your faith, you're going to make the right response. You're going to stay with God's word. If, if you had a friend or a relationship that you, you, you had very much trust in this person, could be a spouse, could be brother, sister, a friend, whatever, if you were in fellowship with them constantly and you, uh, 
spends lots of, lots of time, in them, time with them and um, had conversation, the trust level is going to be high if you spent time with them. But if you stopped spending time with them, and then you started listening to some, somebody else or some other message that said, well, they're, they're this or that, and they're, maybe they're not unfaithful, or they're, you know, they're really not that good at this, and they're, they're, uh, you know, they can't do this, and they look like this, and you, know, you started listening to other voices, that could break you apart from that person who you were so strong with. This is exactly what Satan tries to do with marriages and relationships. But I'm talking about even the natural. You start listening, it happens in school all the time, right? Somebody whispers something. Well, they said this and that. They did? What? They said that about me? What? That doesn't sound like them. Oh, yeah, I heard it. Well, instead of going to the person and saying, well, did you say it? No, no. Then they talk to somebody else, and now they're hearing all this, and now they're looking at the person with mistrust, and now they can be picked off of that relationship pretty easy if they listen to it long enough. Because you listen to the wrong thing. See, we, as we're walking through this earth, we need to feed on God's Word. We need to believe what He said. How are we going to believe? We need to hear. We need to keep it in front of us. That's, that's how you relate to God. Number one, through His Word. If there are thoughts about who He is and what He, what he is, you need to come back to the Word. He'll minister to you through His Word. He'll quicken His Word to you. You know, if it's a certain situation, have scriptures on that area. I know uh, this is Hannah made a, a list. I don't know if you brought it from somebody else, you know, took some from different places, but um, made a list for the children. We were talking about the, um, the armor of God and about truth and all these scriptures about who you are. Do you know who you are as a child of God? And just one scripture after another about who we are, what, script, what the, the Bible says about who we are as a child of God. That's the thing we, those are the types of things we need to, to uh, feed on. Maybe we, we're, we're having trouble with our relationship with God. Well, those are types of scriptures you would go over, over. That's what you need to put in. Not go off and just wonder, well, God, do you love me? See, people get, they'll try to do this in the natural. People have gotten really off by just going, they're not looking to the word. They just go off and just try to hear God. Just by, you know, off no biblical foundation, nothing. They, I'm not talking about just prayer. I'm talking about people that are just like, I'm just going to listen for God and see what he says to me. Just off, you know, off by themselves and have written books about what God told them, quote unquote. It wasn't God. They didn't have, they weren't looking to the word and they weren't praying according to the word. They're just starting to make up their own ideas and they're listening to stuff that, that isn't biblical. No, we need to stay hooked up with the Lord and stay strong. And the way, one of the ways we're going to do that is to stay hooked up and strong with His Word. Keep His Word coming in so that we, are, our faith is being encouraged and strengthened and built up. 
It says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, that same scripture in the Amplified says, so faith comes from hearing what is told and what is heard comes by the preaching of the message concerning Christ. In the NIV, it says, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes through hearing what God has said. Faith comes by putting His word into our hearts. That's where faith is. It's of the heart. It said, with the heart one believes, we read in Romans 10.10. See, Jesus is the Word. Jesus isn't apart from the Word. Jesus isn't some idea out in the middle of nowhere. Jesus is the Word. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Talking about Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. See, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. When it says in Romans 10, 17, it's actually saying the Word of Christ. Jesus is the Word. When you get to know the Word, you're fellowshipping with our Lord and Savior. You're fellowshipping with God. I think this is worth saying a little more. We need to be careful how uh, the priority we put on reading the Bible. Prayer is good and right, but it cannot take the place of staying in the Word. In other words, some people have, have put prayer to such a degree that they neglect the Word. That is a sure recipe to get off. If there's no foundation and no fellowshipping with the Word, number one, then when people start praying, and then it's easy to get into emotion. It's easy to get into soulless realm. Get what we would say flaky. It's happened so many times in prayer groups over the years that people backed away from prayer, corporate prayer, because people would get off in the ditch, start praying, but not have a solid foundation in the Word, not stay in the Word, and now off in the weeds. Well, we need to be careful in our, our lives that we make sufficient room for the Word. Get your eyes on the Word. Read the Word. Let the Word speak to you because the same person that's speaking, when I say speaking, I'm not talking about an audible voice, but talking to your heart, as God will do to every, with every Christian, as the, He speaks to your heart and communicates with you, emphasizing certain parts of the Word you're reading, so it's like it jumps off the page. It's nourishing you. It's quickening you. He, he's bringing light to you. The same way He speaks to you and communicates with you, I should say, in that way, is the same way He's going to do in prayer. That same uh, 
impression. The same way he's communicating is the same way it's going to be in prayer. So as we get familiar with him through his word, we're going to be solid in other areas. Well, we need to put emphasis on the word. We need to stay strong. We can't, you can't just listen to a bunch of other stuff that's not the word and then expect to be strong in the word. You can't be, expect to be walking strong and just, why, why, I just don't feel, I, it feels the wrong way, but I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not as strong as I was. I, you know, these attacks are, are things that used to come in, thoughts or whatever. I'm not fending them off like I, like I did. Well, what, what are we doing with the Word? You know, that would, if, if it's a fight of faith, so we're not talking about a fight of muscle and weapons, naturally speaking. If a soldier in the, in the natural didn't work out, didn't eat the right foods, didn't take care of themselves, and then wonder why they can't fight, wonder why they can't operate like they should, well, it, it's, no, it's no question. They're not doing the things that keep them strong to be able to do that. If we're in a fight of faith and we don't look at the Word, which is how we get faith, and then we're weak in faith, we, you can't just double down your confession. Your confession's not going to have any punch because it's as you believe in your heart and say with your mouth. If they were just saying with your mouth, everybody would have it made. Is it a magic formula? It's not just saying it. People see that, people get the idea and then say things about the word of faith. Say, well, it's just, bla you know. Blab it, grab it, just say it. It's not just saying it. It's believing in your heart and speaking just like you got born again. If there's no faith in there and no punch, it's not going to happen. Faith is what gets the job done, releasing faith through your mouth. It's be, faith has got to be in two places, in your heart and in your mouth. But how does it get in your heart? It gets, it has to be the word coming in. You can't just read it superficially like, well, I read it. How does it penetrate your heart? You, it's got to get into the inside. You need to spend enough time looking at it, listening to it. And this is one of the ways that we stay strong then and have the faith then to keep marching on. Stay strong, stay steadfast in the face of contradictory circumstances, in, in the face of contradictory uh, feelings contradictory symptoms because the word is strong in our heart they were saturated with the word well, i'm just going to read a few scriptures here as we uh, close second timothy 3 verse 16 says all scripture is given by inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. See, the scriptures give us what we need to be equipped. 2 Timothy 4 verse 2 says, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. Paul tells Timothy, preach the Word. The Word of God is what's going to bring us faith and give us the victory, not just philosophies and ideas. The Word of God is strong, healthy food. Just like in the natural, you can't eat just junk food all the time and be strong. 
And the thing is, junk food, when you eat junk food, one thing about it is it lessens your desire for real food. Know what I'm talking about? You eat a bunch of sugar, you don't feel hungry for something else, and then it's like, I don't want to eat the real food. And you eat a bunch of that stuff over and over, you, you want that kick. You want that, you know, you don't want just normal food. Well, spiritual food's not any different. If we just feed on junk food, spiritually, like, you know, put in junk and ideas and just stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the Word of God, then you go to like, well, I need to read my Bible. I don't want to read my Bible. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to eat real food. No, nah, just junk food. I'll have another bowl of junk food. That's the way. And then, and then we get up, and then you're not feeling so good and don't, don't feel like you have any energy in the natural. It was the same thing spiritually. I wonder why, I mean, I tried, I, this, this was not a challenge before. Why, 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 why am I having trouble believing? What, I'm, I'm eating junk food. I'm not eating what I should. Not eating spiritual strength, something that's going to give me strength and help. God is faithful to his word. So we need to put that word in front of us. We need to saturate ourselves with that word. Amen? Praise God. We'll unhook there. Lord, we thank you so much.